It's still hot outside, and the last thing I want to think about is fall, but the time has come. In this episode, we are going to begin a short series about fall gardening and how to start and where to plant and when to do it. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, a companion podcast to the upcoming documentary Backyard Gardens the Movie, a story about two families growing their first gardens in a world that lacks nutrition. I'm your host and director, Ben Neville. So you're probably standing outside looking at your garden and you notice that some of your vegetables, such as your tomatoes or cucumbers or stuff like that, is starting to get sunburnt, not produce, and you're getting frustrated. So what do we do? Well... It's time to start thinking about starting your fall garden. As depressing as it might be that summer's coming to an end, that time has come. And we're going to have to think about it. So we want to keep our gardens as productive as possible for as long as possible. And this is how we can do it. And the first step is to get organized. You want to know what you've planted and where. So I take detailed notes in my garden Uh, Well, I shouldn't say detailed. They're fairly detailed, but it's better than no notes, really. And I have a notebook that I started, and I use a moleskin notebook. It's a hardcover notebook that you can open and lay flat, and you can write in it on each side. The, uh, the, The pages don't bleed with ink, stuff like that, so it's really good for you to use. But you can use any notebook you want. And what I do is I sketch my garden beds. So I've said in previous episodes that I have four beds in my garden and now I have another bed out to the side. So I take and I draw out all four beds. I label them one, two, three, four. And now the other one will be obvious because it's so much bigger. And I go through and I label where each plant was that was growing in the summertime. And the reason you want to do this now is because it's right in front of you. You know what's going on. You know what you've planted where. And it'll be a lot easier than in the middle of winter and you think back, oh, I need to know what to plant next next uh, growing season. So let me go sketch it out real quick. Let me go write it down. I mean, we're all going to forget because the older you get, the more the years run together and you get confused. So keeping a detailed notebook or something like that will help you. Some people will use, um, some people will use spreadsheets. You can do that. You can use pictures. You can do a lot of things, but just take some kind of note. So what we'll do is I'll take my notebook and I'll draw out the beds. And then if I have a tomato plant, I'll just draw like a circle and put a T in it for a tomato. And then if it's an eggplant, I'll put an E. If it's a pumpkin, I'll put a P, you know, just to give you an idea of what is where. It doesn't have to be like super detailed and crazy decorative and all that. But I mean, if you want to do that, by all means, but at least at this stage, go ahead and get something on that paper that will tell you, because what we really want to do is not only do we want to start for our fall garden, But we want to practice crop rotation every year. And we'll do an episode more in depth about crop rotation that will help explain it. But 
basically it's so you don't get the same pests and same diseases in the same area and affect your plants each year. It'll give them time to recover. Give your soil time to get more nutrients back into it and recover from whatever has eaten or, excuse me, used up the nutrients in that soil. So that's a good place to start. I think this year what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually take a picture of my garden and then I might, I haven't decided, but I might actually glue it onto a page into my book just to kind of give it some umph to it to make it look good. I mean, it's nice to take these notebooks and go back through the years and see where you've planted what. And, you know, in the middle of winter when we're getting excited about gardening and there's not much to do and it's still a little early to start seeds, it gives you a time to look back and reflect. So that's a good thing to do. And what I'll typically do in this is I will take the first page and that's where I keep all my core information. So my core information is going to be mostly my frost and freeze dates. So if you do a Google search, you can go to the farmer's almanac and you just put in your zip code as I've just done. And it tells me my altitude of where I live, my last spring frost and my first fall frost. And it'll tell you the amount of days for your growing season. And this is all good information to have because I know that on March 31st is generally speaking based on this. Now, I, I believe it's April 15th to be exact is when you're like really safe. But March 31st, you can get away with some things. And then my first fall frost is can be November 7th. So that, and it says right underneath the last and first frost dates are 30% probability. So 30% is not that much, but it's good to have that there. And the growing season is 220 days. So that's pretty good for my growing season. And it's good to have that written down. So you don't have to keep referencing it all the time on the internet. You know, these things are averages over years. So you don't have to keep checking every year to see if anything changes. You just kind of You'll, you'll know if you have it written down. And then if you look at davesgarden.com, this one gives you a little bit more, um, more details about your frost dates. So here we have your first, gr your growing season is 222 days for me. And then it breaks down your temperature range for your 32 degrees at 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90%. So... That's a good, uh, that's good to go by. So if I enter in my zip code, I have my last frost date, which I said before was generally speaking, they say April 15th to the 21st is like your absolute safe date. I have a 10% chance of getting a frost on that day. So, and then if you want to split the difference by looking at this website, if I go to 50%, that's April 2nd. So if you want to take your chances, go for it. You know, it's up to you, but you know, too, each year when things get warmer or colder. So for me, it gets confusing where I live because in North Carolina, in the middle of February, it could be 78 degrees one week. And then the next week it'll be 50 to 40 degrees during the day. So it gets a little confusing, but in the fall for here, it says November 1st is my first fall, uh, frost date at 
So I think that's pretty accurate because generally speaking, and if my memory serves me correctly, October 31st, which is Halloween, you can go out and generally I go trick-or-treating with my son or we do something. It's usually pretty warm at night. I mean, I remember like last year, I remember it being hot walking around in shirts and a tank top flip-flops. So, you know, some places aren't, don't have that. But for me, I know that that 40% is probably about accurate, but I know by Thanksgiving, I have a 90% chance, which is accurate. So, you know, keep that in mind when you take these notes and you write them down. And I mean, write them all down. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's good for you to have. It's good. You know, it's good practice to keep these notes because it'll make your life easier instead of having to fire up the computer and go through. And if you take a lot of uh, bookmarks in your on your internet browser and then digging through your bookmarks or just opening a notebook, it's whatever you like to do. But keeping these notes is really helpful for you. At least for me, it is. So now you've decided you've got your notebook and you're getting ready to pull up some plants you you see your tomatoes aren't growing and you're like all right we're done with these i'm gonna pull them up and i've got everything ready or i've got everything ready now it's time to choose what we want to grow so you can go through and this is the same thing for this notebook you can write down things that you like to grow that you've done in the past and things you want to try to grow I don't really recommend trying something new every year. Like, I mean, I recommend trying something new, but not just like a whole new crop every year. So write down in your notebook what you want to grow, when and where and why you want to grow it, who in your family likes it. Is it really worth it for you to grow? And another thing I do in there is I kind of keep a rough average price of what things cost in the grocery store. Because when I grow my garden, I grow not to just... I grow to supplement my grocery bill. So for instance, zucchini is like a quarter for a zucchini, right? But if I grow it, I get so much zucchini, I can't eat it. So it's kind of tough for me to take up a bunch of space in my garden for a vegetable that I can get for 25 cents. When in fact, I could use that space for something else like a tomato or, you know, sweet potatoes or something like that, where you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck. You're going to have more weight, you know, lettuce, which is what we grow in the fall. It's not that expensive, but the unfortunate thing about fall crops is generally speaking, and this is general, they're not as expensive as some of your other crops. So just keep that in mind. And it's however you want to grow your garden doesn't matter to me if you want to eat flowers and you just grow flowers to eat go for it you know that's that's fine you can eat dandelion weeds they're good i've made dandelion salads right out of my garden so you know just keep notes of these things that you want and get ready because in the next episode we're going to talk about when to plant and where to plant and what to plant So our recipe for the day is going to be linguine with pepper and leek cream. So it's a fairly easy recipe. Sounds complicated, but it's not. So we've eaten this a number of times and it is really good. Um, 
It's six ingredients. It's 14 ounces of linguine pasta, dry, seven ounces of leeks, five ounces of a red bell pepper, two teaspoons of dry oregano, and one cup of milk. It can be almond milk, soy milk, cow's milk, whatever you want. And then salt to taste. So you're going to cut the leeks and the peppers up really, you're going to slice the leeks up really good and you're going to dice the peppers up really small. And then you're going to place them over a medium heat in a pan and add a little bit of water to them and cook them for about five minutes until they're soft and just keep stirring them. And this is a way to make it without oil. So it's really low fat. If you want to replace the oil for water, then you can put oil in. But usually I like to use the oil to keep, or the water to keep it low fat. So as soon as they've softened, then you add in the oregano and you stir it. And then the vegetables are cooked. You turn off the heat and you transfer them to a container. And then you add the milk. And you blitz it until you get a smooth sauce. So you just put it in, I'd like to put it into a uh, food processor or a blender. You blitz it. You know, just keep pulsing it until it gets into a smooth sauce. And then once that done is done, you can mix it up with your noodles and uh, add the salt to taste. Um, I will give you fair warning that generally it takes a little bit more salt to get, you know, that little punch that you look for. I'm a salt addict. That's where most of my problems come from. But you can try that. Um, and then also I like to add garlic. So I like to add garlic for everything. But that's a good thing to do, too. Just add a little bit of garlic into it, and boom, you've got yourself a fresh dish of linguine, pepper, and leek cream. Cheap, easy, low-fat, good to go. So let us know what you think. Let us know if you tried it and what kind of method you're using to document your garden and keep it going. And until next time... Feel free to follow us on any of our social media pages at Backyard Gardens of the Movie and website BackyardGardensOfTheMovie.com. Join in on the conversation on our Facebook group, Backyard Gardens. And we will see you next week with when to plant and where. Thanks a lot. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in.